Did Noah really carry all of those animals onto the boat? Really? Let's find out today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Now, here's a problem that we have when we start to look at Noah's Ark. Problem is we have been influenced by children's Bibles and pictures of what the Ark is supposed to be like. Here's a picture on an atheist website. And you see Noah there. All those animals and they're hanging on, the monkeys. And it's just like, well, gosh, there's no way. That looks like a little ship and you got all these creatures coming out of it. And we think, is that the way it was? Well, no, that's not the way it was. That's not the way it was at all. Christians are often ridiculed for believing the literal truth of the creation story and the Great Flood. While to some, these occurrences may seem unbelievable, we'll learn today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve in an inspiring message entitled, Man's Only Hope, that they are literal. We'll explore the undeniable facts specific to the ark that was built by Noah to save he and his family from the flood. This insightful lesson today is from Pastor Jeff's seven-message series, The Days of Noah. Now, if you listen this month and miss any of these timely and practical messages, you can listen again online anytime and download a free MP3 of any broadcast. When you go to fromhisheart.org, click the On Radio tab. Also, The Days of Noah series is available in any format with your gift today to From His Heart of any amount. So just go online to fromhisheart.org for details. Now, though, open your Bible to the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve to remind us of the foundational truth of the incredible story of Noah, our only hope. The year was 1927, December 17th. The Navy submarine, the USS S-4, was off the coast of Cape Cod And it was accidentally struck by a Coast Guard destroyer. It caused that submarine to sink to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, but it wasn't in too deep a water where it was. It sunk down 110 feet. But when it got hit, the oxygen system on the submarine was damaged. There were 34 men on board. Well, the Navy quickly brought in some divers trying to save these men who are on this submarine, but they were having difficulty. There were six men trapped in the torpedo room and they began to tap on the hull in Morse code. And they tapped out four words. Is there any hope? Tragically, there wasn't, and all of those men died on that sunken submarine. But that was their question, is there any hope? We're in a series called The Days of Noah, and we're looking at the biblical account of the days of Noah, the life of Noah, of the situations that Noah faced, of the flood 
of the ark. People wanted to know in Noah's day, is there any hope? People want to know in our day, is there any hope? There is hope. God is the God of hope. And even when everything gets dark and black and wicked as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We are going to be facing the days of Noah if we're not already in the beginning stages of the days of Noah with wickedness and vice and violence just covering the earth and the earth becoming corrupt in the sight of God. That's the way it was in the days of Noah. And the Lord Jesus said, that's what it's going to be like when I return. Is there any hope? There's hope in God because God is the God of hope. Now let's look today at Genesis chapter six and see what hope was there for the world that then was. Genesis chapter six, I'll begin reading in verse nine. It says, these are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. And Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I'm about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I... Even I am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life. From under heaven, everything that is on the earth shall perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall keep two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female." of the birds after their kind and of the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every kind shall come to you to keep them alive. And as for you, take for yourselves some of all food which is edible and gather it to yourself and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. The story of Noah and the ark and the flood. It was ridiculed in Noah's day as Noah built the thing, as Noah preached for 120 years that a flood was coming. He was mocked. He was laughed at. He was ridiculed. Ridiculed in Noah's day is ridiculed in our day. You say you believe in uh, the Bible and the biblical account, especially the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. People laugh at you. They say, well, you believe in Genesis? You believe... God created the world in six days? What an idiot. Only an idiot would believe that. You believe in the Garden of Eden? Two people, Adam and Eve? Well, you must be an idiot to believe that. You believe some serpent deceived them in the garden? Idiot. You believe in the flood? Oh, idiot. You believe in a boat that protected people from this flood? 
Well, you're an idiot cubed. You're a special breed of idiot to believe that. I want you to know I believe it. You know, nobody was there when all this happened. You know anybody that uh, is 4,500 years old? Uh, you know, 6,000, whatever the, the age you'd have to be. So nobody was there. You have lots of people that don't want to believe this story. But I love what the scripture says in Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. You weren't there. I wasn't there. He was there. And he tells us exactly what happened. And he's very specific in Genesis 6, Genesis 7, and Genesis chapter 8. This isn't just some fictitious story that was told. This really happened. And as I told you, it's very, very interesting. When you study ancient civilizations, you find out that ancient civilizations, they all have a flood story in their uh, history. What does that tell you? There must have been a flood somewhere. That's why they all have a flood story. Now, in many of those civilizations, the flood story gets very paganized because so many pagan religions come out of those ancient civilizations, but still they had a story about a worldwide flood. Hey, God has things that he wants to teach us from Noah and his ark. So let's look today at two certainties that you can go home with today at the end of this service and say, man, I'm certain of these two things. And I have learned a lot today from God's word about Noah and Noah's ark. Certainty number one, Noah's ark was an actual vessel. It was a real thing that he built. It took him 120 years, but it was a real vessel. It wasn't make-believe. This isn't just some kind of story. This really happened. And it really happened in the life of Noah. And God spoke to Noah when Noah was 480 years old. And Noah spent 120 years building the boat. And when Noah was 600 years old, God told him, now come on in to the ark. That's a real thing. Now, here's a, here's a problem that we have when we start to look at Noah's ark. Problem is we have been influenced by children's Bibles and pictures of what the ark is supposed to be like. Here's a picture on an atheist website. And you see Noah there pulling out uh, what looks like remaining hair, maybe, I don't know. But all those animals and they're hanging on, the monkeys and, and then, I don't know what there is, I guess squirrels or something in there and pigs and, and you just see all these, and it's just like, well, gosh, there's no way. That looks like a little ship and you got all these creatures coming out of it. And we think, is that the way it was? Well, no, that's not the way it was. That's not the way it was at all. Remember this about this thing called the ark. It was a large box, not a large ship. A large box, not a large ship. God tells Noah how to make this. And this is how you shall make it, verse 15. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. A cubit is about 18 inches. A cubit was measured from the middle finger to the elbow. And they said that was about 18 inches. So 300 cubits is 450 feet, a football field and a half. That was the length. The width would have been 75 feet or 50 cubits, and the height would have been 45 feet, 30 cubits. It wasn't a ship. It was a big box. It was a rectangular box. 
It didn't have a, a bow in front. It didn't have a prow. It didn't have a stern. You know, ships today are made, they're made this way with a sloped sides and it comes to a point and it's to cut through the water. Well, because the ship today is trying to get from point A to point B. The ark wasn't trying to get from point A to point B. There was no point B. The ark was just trying to survive. It was, it was just, as I told you, it's just like a floating bomb shelter. That's what the ark was built for. And see, it was built to float, not to navigate. There was no rudder on the ark. There was no steering wheel on the ark. There's no control center on the ark as far as, well, you know, let's go to the bridge. There's no bridge on the ark. There are rooms on the ark, and there are three levels on the ark, and there are animals on the ark, and food on the ark, and Noah and his wife and his, his three sons, and each one of them had a wife, and that's, that's what there was on the ark. God was the navigator. God was controlling everything. But it was basically a floating barge, and that's what it was. Now, interestingly, the way God had them build it made it really, really durable and really uh, capable of surviving this terrible flood that was coming upon the earth. Because the way it was constructed in terms of the dimensions, uh, 450 feet long and 75 feet wide, that's a six to one ratio. And a six to one ratio is the way they build ships today, six to one or eight to one. They found out that that, that keeps it stable. And uh, it, it, studies have been done and they said, you know, the way Noah's Ark was built and it being at least just a big rectangular box, it would have been virtually impossible to tip the thing over because of the way it was made. And so the ark's a large box, not a large ship, built to float, not to navigate, and it had more than enough room. More than enough room. Now this is a subject where lots of skeptics and mockers and doubters, they like to attack the story of Noah's ark here. Because they say, okay, Jeff, you just read these verses about animals coming into the ark, two by two, they're coming. And uh, number one, they make a big deal out of the fact that how did, how did Noah get all the animals? I mean, he must have been some kind of a trapper, right, to, to gather up uh, all the animals. But it says God brought the animals to Noah in this Genesis account. He didn't, Noah didn't have to get any animals. God brought the animals, just like in Genesis chapter 2, where God brings the animals to Adam to name them all. And so God brings the animals to Noah. Well, somebody said, uh, they said, well, you know, if you look at all the species of animals, man, there are 8.7 million species of animals. I had a guy, he came on my Facebook page, my From His Heart Facebook page, because I was talking about Noah's Ark on there. And he said, there are 8.7 million species of animals. If you take the dimensions of the ark, that's only 1.5 million cubic feet in the ark. And you do the math you have all these animals that are on this little postage stamp trying to, to all fit in there. It would be impossible for that to happen. Well, number one, obviously there weren't 8.7 million animals on the ark because there's not enough room in the ark for that. Number two, there are not 8.7 million species of air-breathing land animals and critters. Uh, even the website that he referenced in his attack on me was uh, it says there's only six, uh, about six and a half million. That's just a guess. Man, it's not like somebody's actually counting those up. 
They're, they're just kind of hypothesizing. That's how many there would be. One guy, a very noted uh, taxonomist, and you know, a taxonomist is a scientist that puts things in groupings, biological organisms in groupings. This man's name was Ernest Mayer. He died in 2005, but well-known, well-respected. He said there were a little over one million species of land animals. And you take all the fish out, there were no fish on Noah's Ark. He didn't, he wasn't building aquariums, right? I mean, it was animals that breathed. Those were the animals that he took. And so, well, even if you took a million, it's like, well, how, how do you fit all that into the ark? 100,000 square feet in the ark. The ark was equivalent in cargo space to 522 rail cars. So, you go down to the train station, you see those big uh, rail cars. The, the ark had storage capacity for 522 of those. It has been said that in 522 rail cars, you could put in 125,000 sheep-sized animals. That's a lot of animals. Now, how many animals were on the ark? I mean, we gotta get all these species, right? Not necessarily. You know, God has put within a, a, a particular species, he's put variations in there. What do I mean by that? Well, just take dogs, for instance. You have canines. But then in the canine family, you have all these different breeds. You know, you have wiener dogs, and then you have chihuahuas, and then you have Great Danes, and then you have... The, and so you think, well, good night. Just the dog family on the ark would have taken up hundreds. You know, I think that I did a little study. It said there were 338 different breeds of dogs. So did he have all those dogs on there? No. How many dogs did he have on there? Two. Two dogs. And within those two dogs... God has the genetic code in there to have all kinds of different dogs. You say, I don't believe that. How many people were on the ark? Just eight. Just eight. Noah and Mrs. Noah, Ham and Mrs. Ham, Shem and Mrs. Shem, Japheth and Mrs. Japheth. And from those eight, we have people who are black and brown and red and yellow and, uh, but we have all kinds of different races of people. And the scripture says in Acts chapter 17 that we all came from one race. Well, how can that be? And we have all these other races and all these other colors and all these other variations. Interestingly, there, was, there, there have been studies done on the DNA of people of different races. And you know what they find? There is very, very little difference. The difference in people of different races in terms of the DNA, it's 0.2% difference. It shows that we all came from the same race. We all have the same parents. All of us came from Noah and Mrs. Noah. We had to because those were the only two parents that populated everything. Now, they didn't have any. The scripture doesn't indicate that they had any more children after they had Ham, Shem, and Japheth. So we all came from Ham, Shem, or Japheth. But that you back it up, it's Noah and Mrs. Noah. So God can do amazing things with just a male and female, one dog uh, male, one dog female, and produce all sorts of things. Now, there was some study done by... Dr. Henry Morris and Dr. John Whitcomb, they've done lots of research in the book of Genesis and answering questions, scientists answering questions, well, how did this happen? How did that happen? They said this, 
There, there were no more than 35,000 animals on the ark. So all God needed to cover everything. Now, you know, we saw that one picture that was on the atheist website with all these huge animals. I mean, obviously, you didn't take full-grown dinosaurs on the ark. You know, you can have babies, right? You can take little ones. And little ones don't take up near the space as big ones. So he says 35,000 animals on the ark. Now, even if we said, well, that just seems small, let's, let's increase that. 50,000. We have 50,000 animals on the ark. Did you know 50,000 animals on the ark? You know how much space that would take up on the ark? Roughly 40%. 40% of the ark with 50,000 animals on it. 40%. Hey, there's lots of room on the ark. You know, we sing that song, there's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. God had Noah build the boat way bigger than what they needed because God was giving an object lesson. There's room at the cross for you. There was room. Hey, the ark was an actual vessel and it was built to specifications. Certainty number two not only was Noah's ark an actual vessel, but Noah's ark was a picture of Jesus Christ. What makes Noah's ark so special? It's an object lesson, a big object lesson, a huge object lesson, weighed 14,000 tons. That's a big lesson. And it's there for God to say, this is a picture of my son because this is a picture of the salvation that's found only in Jesus Christ. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3, he's the one that makes the correlation between the ark and the flood and Jesus Christ. And Bible scholars across the board believe that the ark is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and there is so much more to say about the symbolism found in Noah's Ark that points directly to Jesus Christ, the Ark of our salvation. And Pastor Jeff Shreve will outline many of these vital truths on Wednesday's broadcast. So join us then as we continue the Days of Noah series and today's message, Man's Only Hope. By the way, this timely message series is our thank you gift for your support of any amount to the ongoing outreach of From His Heart Ministries this month along with Pastor Jeff's timely booklet, Strong Faith for Tough Times, When the Impossible Meets God. Both resources are only a token of our thanks for your ongoing support to From His Heart each and every day. Your support is what allows us to grow over the last 17 years to be able to speak to millions of people around the world on radio and television. Sometimes we're planting seeds in the hearts of people who just happen to tune into the station trying to find hope, and the Lord speaks to them through Pastor Jeff's messages. Sometimes we're there at the perfect time when someone is ready to receive Christ as their Savior. And many times we're simply encouraging the saints who listen and want to develop a deeper walk with God found only in Christ. People from all walks of life who are on different levels of faith maturity are listening as God directs, and we're seeing real fruit. I mean real, genuine fruit from these broadcasts. Your support allows us to produce and distribute these programs. You are, in essence, extending your witness and impact to the world. Pastor Jeff supports his family by receiving a salary from his congregation in Texarkana, Texas. He receives no income from this ministry. 
Everything you give goes to help us distribute these programs on radio and television and online. To make your gift today of any amount and get the series and the booklet, then simply call us at 866-40-BIBLE. 866-40-BIBLE. Or go online to fromhisheart.org. Thank you for joining us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles, and we trust that you'll be here again on Wednesday for part two of the message, Man's Only Hope, when Pastor Jeff Shreve will open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from God's heart, here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.